for a directly elected mayor in Limerick was published recently and the election date was also announced as June of next year at the same time as the Euro and local elections. And the people of Limerick voted in favour of the role in a plebiscite, a local referendum in effect, in 2019. It was passed then by a margin of 52.4% in favour. And the Minister with Responsibility uh, for uh, piloting this legislation and the person who was involved in making that announcement recently is Limerick Fine Gael TD, Kieran O'Donnell. And he's with us again in the studio this morning and you're welcome and good morning to you. Um, So one of the reasons we wanted to have you back is that there have already been some responses uh, to uh, the legislation, the issues around it, the fact that there's more certainty now around an election taking place and when it will take place. But I suppose and you'd be conscious of this yourself, because there was a big gap between the plebiscite and getting to this point, for a lot of listeners, this will have receded into the background. So what are you going to do in terms of public awareness and public information in the coming months in Limerick? So uh, firstly, Joe, um, thanks for the coverage you're giving to the Director of the Mayor Legislation. And can I welcome the engagement and the discussion that's taking place more broadly? And I met with both the, the councillors and the Oireachtas members various stakeholders on it since we published the legislation last week. So what will happen in terms of process, Joe, is that um, you're correct. The people voted by plebiscite back in May of 2019 by 52 to 48% for a direct elected mayor to proceed. What will now happen is that the cabinet have decided to agree the legislation which will be published, which was published last week, and furthermore, that the date of the local of the of the election itself, directed to mayor, will be the same day as the European elections, which is typically be, is now being determined by Europe to be in the sixth and the ninth of June, and the local elections is typically on the same day as the European elections. So it'll be on the same day, the concurrent date, same date. What will now happen is is that the legislation will have to be brought before the Dáil and the Shannad, and that will happen early in the autumn. And once the legislation is uh, passed, and obviously I've um, agreed um, with the councillors and the Oireachtas members to engage them again further in September prior to it coming for the Dáil and the Shannad, which I'll be bringing it. Once it goes, it's passed, and it comes passed by the, the President, once it goes through both uh, the Dáil and the Shannad, there will then be a major public awareness campaign explaining to the public well in advance of the election exactly what uh, it involves uh, the role of the mayor, the election itself, and we'll be certainly doing a very, very intensive public awareness campaign. How will you do that alongside what's going to happen as well, which is the announcement of candidates and getting into the cut and thrust of the debate? Well, I'd hope, Joe, that we'd have the legislation passed relatively early uh, towards the in, in the autumn itself. And then really we'll be looking at... Um, an immediate public awareness campaign. Um, obviously, it'll be up to parties and candidates who they wish to, and obviously, Joe, they can decide when they wish to announce candidates. There'll be a normal nomination process that'll be in just before the when, once the election is called itself by by the minister. But but ultimately, I can't determine when parties decide or individuals decide they're putting them forward. My role as a minister was firstly when I was appointed, Joe, um, at the start, just at the end of December, the start of this year, 
I was asked by the Taoiseach to bring the legislation to Cabinet and that it would be published before the summer. We've done that. Uh, it's now obviously this will be the subject of discussion. There may be amendments brought forward with various uh, people within both houses, directors. I'm going to talk to the councillors and the, as well on it. And then effectively, Joe, my role then as a minister will be to with the department is to get a major public awareness campaign out there. But that's we cannot, I suppose, engage, start that joint until legislation itself has been passed. Are you concerned about the date that we're going to have local elections and politicians and candidates fighting for those council seats, you're going to have Euro elections? We're not a million miles from a general election as well. There may even be a referendum possibly on the same day. And then in the middle of all that, we're going to have our first ever directly elected mayoral election. Well, Cabinet made the decision, Joe, uh, to come up with, with the same days. Um, obviously, I'm not privy to the decisions of Cabinet, but, but I expect, Joe, it was around a number of decisions. Number one, um, we'd said that the, the direct elected mayor, we'd hoped that it would have gone through much earlier. It hasn't. So the next uh, election date, the final election date, is when the European elections are on, along with the local elections. Uh, so you were going to have the European elections on the same days. The fact really, I suppose, as well, Joe, in terms of cost, and it's about 400000 to do a standalone. That was a factor. And secondly, at the end of the day, uh, when it came down to it, Joe, that you couldn't define a precise date. So I think for practicality reasons, and also um, we want to get a good turnout for the election of mayor. We want to ensure that the... And obviously having it on the same date as the locals and the Europeans will bring about a good turnout. But are you worried at all that it'll get confused? Are you worried about candidates standing for other roles, talking out the sides of their mouths on the canvas and saying, oh, forget about that old mayoral thing? I'm not really, Joe, because really what we... This will be the role, really, of both myself and my role as Minister of State and Department of Housing with responsibility for local government, along with my officials, to get a public awareness campaign that fully explains to the public what's actually involved here. And this is, uh, this is um, I suppose, the most seismic reform in terms of local government since the foundation of the state. Uh, people will obviously look at it and I want them to study it in depth and we put work into it. But effectively what it's doing, Joe, is that it's it's now um, devolving executive powers that the current CEO has to the mayor. And furthermore, the mayor will have um, a standalone budget of their own um, and the mayor effectively will have no interaction in terms of structure with government. And the other thing I think that I want to get across here as well is it is a devolution of power. They will have a standalone transport uh, committee of their own. They will have statutory powers, first time ever, Joe, where a mayor in a local authority will have the mandate where they'd be elected, elected by the people, they'll have the means in terms of budget, and they'll have structures. And Tim O'Connor's group, which really did phenomenal work in terms of the implementation group, one of the elements that, that they put into their report is that generally stakeholders want to continue a partnership role with government. They don't want the mayor to be purely standalone. They wanted to have that interaction. So my view really at this stage, and it's important we get this right, this is a blueprint and Limerick is leading the way for direct elected mayors to take place um, in other cities and other local authorities in Ireland. So Limerick is very much leading the way here. How long will the mayor's term be? A five-year term and the mayor effectively can serve for two terms. So I suppose it's very similar to the US model in terms of the president. With your Fine Gael hat on, will Fine Gael put forward a candidate? 
I, I expect we will, but obviously that's a decision for, for the party itself. That won't be a decision for me as minister. That's a decision for the party. Are you interested in standing for the role yourself? That's not the day for it, Joe. I'm very, I suppose, I'm really enjoying my role as a TD and Minister for State, and that's the role I want to continue on. So the answer would be I'd leave that for, for, for other candidates. Right, so you're not ruling yourself out completely? No, I am. I'm not. I'm, my, my role here, Joe, is my role was to bring the legislation through. My role was to uh, get the legislation published. Uh, I'm My interest solely is in being a TD for Limerick City. Could you be persuaded based on your knowledge of the role now? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's appropriate for someone who, apart from anything else, Joe Wright, it's not appropriate for someone who's brought the legislation through, which I've done, and I've tried to frame it in a way where you have... Uh, when I looked at uh, other local authorities, UK in particular, they're similar to ourselves, many of them have failed, Joe Wright. So in both Bristol local authority and Liverpool, they're reversing their decision for direct elected mayor. Why? Because the structures weren't there. Uh, so what I want here is that that there will be uh, a mayor elected, direct elected by the people, and that they'll be answerable to the people. We're giving them the means, and the structures are a very important joy. If I could just two things. They will have, for the first time ever, statutory entitlement to engage with, with cabinet ministers uh, on an ongoing basis at a minimum twice a year. They'll have a, a delivery board in terms of all capital projects for, for Limerick and the region, they're going to be in the Southern Regional Assembly, an automatic member. They're going to be a chair of the, the successor to the Joint Policing Committee, the, the Community and Safety Committees. And furthermore, Joe, they will have a defined transport uh, group and then they will have their mayoral programme and they will have be able to consult with all stakeholders. So they can statutorily, legally request any stakeholder they wish to come to a consultative forum. That's unique, Joe. That's never happened before. Do cabinet ministers have to meet the new mayor? Yes. So there is an implementation that was recommended by Tim O'Connor's group. It's called an implementation, uh, a, a Limerick mayoral government implementation form. And how does that work, Joe? It's a standalone uh, implementation group with its own secretaries funded by the department. They, the minister uh, and the, the mayor, there will be automatically be a session twice a year uh, m- meeting in plenary session where the mayor will meet whatever ministers he, he or she looks to meet with and furthermore Joe they can have further meetings if they wish and that's very so very th- unique. So does that mean they can seek a meeting with the Taoiseach directly? Yes. And that the Taoiseach, Taoiseach is obliged Taoiseach. he or she to say yes I'll meet you if at least. If it's if it's in relation it relates to all ministers which obviously includes the Taoiseach and can I just make a point here Joe and it's very very important it's a partnership model here. We have to get this right. And the one thing I want, and I was conscious of as well, and that implementation form as well, the legislation is going to be reviewed, has to be reviewed by, within three years. Furthermore, that implementation form would look at further devolution of powers to the mayor. So I think what we have to do here, there are checks and balances everywhere, uh, and it's, it's framed in a way where the mayor... So what you're saying is if you can prove that it's successful, then it may involve the devolution of further powers. It it will, it will, Joe, it will. Um, Some of the things that have been said about this legislation since it was published, Labour Councillor Joe Ledden was speaking on this show and said he doesn't believe that the role will have sufficient powers. Let's just hear a clip of what he had to say first. 
how could I run and how could I potentially consider myself to run when I know that I can't deliver more houses, I can't deliver more infrastructure? In the current context, I would be advocating that we run no candidates unless the bill is substantially changed. Now, we, there will be amendments uh, to be made by various different parties and independents and so on. So unless there's substantial additional uh, power is given. But come here, we're four years on talking about this. I can't see it happening now that we're in the final stages of it. And I think what Joe Ledden said there, Minister, kind of wraps up some of the criticism that we've heard over the last 12 to 18 months, in all honesty. That what has in essence happened here is that the powers that we were initially promised around the time of the plebiscite with all the campaigning, those powers have been stripped away, possibly by resistance in central government, and what we are left with is just not adequate. Joe, if you, if you read the plebiscite, right, and obviously in my role as minister, I, I would have looked at the plebiscite, the implementation uh, group's report on, under the stewardship of chairmanship of Tim O'Connor, the joint, the, the, the housing Rockers committee did a report. So I followed all the reports. So when I go back and look at the plebiscite, what the plebiscite promised was that there would be direct elected mayor, uh, that there would be... Um, a transfer of executive powers from the uh, CEO, current CEO to the um, to the direct elected mayor. Uh, furthermore, Joe, that they would be, that they would chair the joint policing committee, which they will be doing in terms of the four in in, in, in the successor to that, and then that they would look at uh, devolution of functions over time. Now, what what I've got in the legislation is I have defined uh, devolution in terms of a standalone. Uh, transport committee. So I have uh, a delivery 2040 uh, group, which the mayor chairs, which is effectively delivering all capital projects for Limerick. The mayor will be able to, on that automatically will be the CEO of, of Limerick, who would then be called the Director General. It will also include the mayor of Limerick. It will also include the Director General of Clare, because obviously we, in terms of our tra- transport strategy... But can it make a decision on transport that would be, for example, at variance for maybe good reasons to the LS mats that we've heard so much about, the Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy? Well, it, it can, but furthermore, Joe, it can, on a statutory basis, request the National Transport Authority, uh, Transport Infrastructure Ireland, any bodies they wish that are involved in delivery of public transport to be members of that review group. They can make reports to government and the, the LMATS plan itself, Joe, is a non-statutory plan. But but in reality, what you're doing about working in partnership is they would be looking for, um, but but in terms of particular aspects of the LMATS plan... But can uh, the mayor, the directly elected mayor, make a material change? Does he or she have that power? In terms of the LMATS itself, that's a, an NTA, that's a national document. But they could come along and decide that they want to do certain transport projects. But they'll have to fund it, Joe. And certainly the current Minister for Transport has said on one particular issue that he's unwilling to, to fund that. But what I'm saying is that the, the, the mayor themselves, for the first time ever, can on, on a legal statutory basis request all the sta- all the main public bodies that are involved in the delivery of transport to be part of his 
committee which he can make reports and recommendations to government. So it's very, very powerful committee. Okay. So when the role for the directly elected mayor, uh, the directly elected mayor implementation group that you mentioned yes. was set up by Tim O'Connor in the mm. wake of the local referendum uh, approving it, it was essentially a mini citizens assembly presented to the government with Degrade recommendations. More. And John Moran, who was very much involved in the campaign, has been from the very beginning, uh, flagged one of these recommendations regarding the budget for mm. the role, you know, because money matters. So here's a clip of John talking about this on the Limerick Today show and we'll get you to respond. The really important move and recommendation was that there would be money given to Limerick for capital projects, for infrastructure, was with the recommendation accepted by the Oireachtas Committee was that that should be about 200% of the budget of Limerick. That should be about five or 600 million to spend. It has to be spent properly and government should be able to control that. But it means they can pick the priorities with the councillors that they want to spend. So John Moran is talking about five or six hundred million. I think when you spoke to Gillian on this show, you mentioned an eight million euro budget well, can, for the directly elected suppose, mayor. Let me clarify in that, John, right? So uh, we're not, like, in, in one sense, so when in the IAG report, it made a recommendation, two recommendations. One, that the mayor should have a budget of their own every year of the order of 8.25 million. Uh, and effectively, that, they have to present a mayoral programme, which they obviously will, will, will be part of their manifesto, Joe, and over the five years they're there. I, I've i got Cabinet to agree that it's going to be in the order of that figure. Uh, that we're currently discussing it with the, with the Department of Public Pension and Reform. So 8.25 million, and what we're looking at that, that they will be able to spend that million over five years. That's 40 million. It's still a lot of money, right? And that's additional money on top of what Limerick City and County Council receive. I was determined uh, that, that it wouldn't impact in any way on the existing budgets of Limerick City and County Council. So, and this is important. The, the well, Can I just clarify one so, thing? So the directly elected mayor will not control the wider budget? Well, the directly elected mayor will once again, Joe, will step in to the role of the take over the power that the current CEO has for the budget. So they present the budget to the chamber. Now the mayor will present the budget to the chamber. But it was important that uh, that we retain... But the councillors will still vote on Yeah, it. but the mayor will have... An, the mayor will now be a councillor, so the number of councillors will go from 40 to 41. But the mayor will present that. And the other factor as well, Joe, is that there's about 213 million of a revenue budget that the council have every year that they present to. On top of that, they have a, a capital budget of about 350 million. That capital budget will be presented in addition to the revenue budget. John was speaking about to 200 million. On top of that, there's about 250 million of a capital budget. And that budget... Uh, that's in total well over 500 million. That will be but, presented by the, but by the mayor. But that's there whether or not we have a directly elected mayor, isn't it? That money is there anyway. Yeah, but the mayor will have an input. What, when John Moore was speaking, he was speaking about, he didn't speak about necessarily additional funding. He spoke about the mayor having an input into how money was spent. The mayor will bring forward the budget to the councillors and clearly at that with point, recommendations yeah, absolutely and right. so it's and I think it's hugely important as well it, the added value the mayor will bring is they will be directly elected answerable okay. to the people they will have the means right. and the structures and this, the other thing as well Joe it's very important as well we'll be the first city and county in Ireland to have a director mayor even on an international scale both locally internationally it, it 
puts it sets us apart and right. I think that's hugely important okay we're chatting to the Minister of State this is a really important issue and frankly you're going to find that because it's in Limerick let's be honest here the national media focus on this, unlike if they were doing it first in Dublin, will probably only happen about three weeks before the election, which is why we're spending a bit of time on this. And Professor of Economics, Dr. Stephen Kinsella at the University of Limerick, who has a big interest in this, spoke about it on the show. And he had some concerns that the role would not have a large enough budget to make a, a difference. You know, it's interesting how money is often at the core of these things. Let's hear what he had to say. The Irish Strategic Investment Fund, it has a fund of about $250 million euros for each individual city. 500 million, it's a lot of money, yes, but it's not a lot of money relative to what the government spends. The government's going to spend over 110 billion this year on all the services. What we should really think about is what is the scale of the funds available to to this person and what is their mandate for dispersing it? Ultimately, if they have to go to Dublin, that's a a real curtailment of what the people actually voted for. Is that not the nub of this minister? That, you know, it is ultimately about the power in the end, the power to use the money. Can I just take up a point that Stephen made reference to the Irish Strategic Investment Fund, right? At the moment, Joe, uh, Limerick City and County Council have have got 80 million in in funding from them for for the opera site. In addition, they've got 170 million from the European Investment Bank. They are currently being done through uh, Limerick 2030, they have other uh, set up in terms of, of tourism. The mayor will now step into the role of the chief executive. And those various bodies like 2030, they'll be answerable to the mayor. So the mayor will still have the capacity to work with the officials and work with his, with his, and his councillor colleagues because they will be colleagues. And ultimately, these will still be, many of these still be reserve functions of the local authorities. So the question of the mayor not being able to work with the council to gain access to funds from the Irish Strategic Investment Fund. Right. That's, that's, for me, that's still, that's still okay. very well, much uh, well, a listen, and continues to be, nothing will change. One other important point, uh, because you mentioned councillors as colleagues, yes. and uh, independent councillor Emmett O'Brien has been saying something, we'll hear a clip from it now, and it is certainly representative uh, of the views of certain councillors for sure, and maybe quite a few people listening this morning as well. And his view is that this role will be nothing more than a fashionable lobbyist. Let's hear a clip from him on the Limerick Today Show. The directly elected mayor will need to have power over policing, power over health and power over transport. And the reality is the central government have actually abdicated zero responsibility from central government to the directly elected mayor, other than a budget of 8 million. And you're creating a very fashionable lobbyist. What you'll have is a kind of a celebrity type candidate with no power kowtowing to the central government and hoping for the best. Now, isn't it essentially true that a lot of people listening this morning will believe that what Councillor Emmett O'Brien said there is the fundamental truth? I'm conscious, Joe, that the vote went through 52-48 here. Uh, it was voted against in Cork 51-49 and Ward 51-49. So I'm working against that. However, we live in a democracy. The people have voted for direct elected mayor. And I'm challenged as a member of government to deliver on that on that uh, decision by, by the people in Limerick by way of referendum. So do you reject what he said? Uh, I do. Uh, in, in, on the basis that the what the people voted for, it's what the people voted for. They voted for, number one, that there would be uh, a transfer of powers from the CEO 
to the director elect and mayor. That's happening. Apart from areas like like um, um, staffing, areas like um, in terms of over planning or over in terms of various um, uh, grand programs, which I think the people would like to see. Uh, secondly, that the the mayor then would have uh, would then take on the role of um, being the people's representative at local, national, international level in terms of being. Uh, a champion for the people and furthermore, Joe, right, we're putting in place legal structures for the first time ever where the mayor will rank at the same level as government in terms of, of, of any issues to do with Limerick. Okay, very briefly, and we're going to come back to this loads over the next And can I months. say one thing, Joe? Very it's healthy we're having this debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, one other thing, because of the size uh, of the constituency we're talking about here, you know, the entire city and, and county. county. And I'm conscious, yeah. Is there not a big risk that this campaign, you know, to quote Enda Kenny talking to David Cameron many years ago saying, listen, referendums are about everything but the thing you think they're going to be about, David. Oh, no, it'll be absolutely grand. And then he went on with Brexit. So is there is there a risk that this will end up with a lot of candidates of profile, but maybe not specifically in politics, um, and you'll talk about everything but the role. I will always look. I want to be true to what the people voted for by way of plebiscite back in May. But do you think there's a risk of that? Is what I'm asking. Uh, I it that will come down to a number of factors. One, a public awareness campaign that would be in, in great depth. Two, this is a role, Joe. This is a role that's 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 a substantial role. It's paying a minister of state salary. They get a, a special advisor. They get staff within there. And furthermore, George, they have powers that no mayor in the history of the state will have. They have powers to um, interact with government on in, any issue to do with Limerick. They have executive powers. That means, and I heard Stephen Kinsler but, but you know, on, on it, but can I make, can P- I make no, it? Well, just one second. No, people could very, still, very well still end up voting for the person they know in Abbey Field or Dune or Limerick City. It could be a profile I, issue. I, I would never question uh, in any way... Uh, how the Limerick public vote. I've stood before them on many occasions, Joe. They're a very discerning electorate. They will decide on who is the best candidate for them. All I can do is provide the legislation, provide the structures, so this person, uh, he or she, when they're elected by the people of Limerick, will have first time ever a directly elected mandate. So if someone has an issue on any particular issue, the currently the, the CEO, and the CEO is a very good CEO, uh, Pat Daly, they will now be able to go to the director of the mayor and say, I elected you to do A, B and C. I want it done. And that's that's a complete shift. All right. And furthermore, Joe, can I just... Very I think good. It's hugely, miles it's over time. Huge, it is important. It's, it's hugely important here, right? This is, for me, something absolutely um, with Limerick leading the way of a seismic nature... It's, it's leading the way in terms of it's a blueprint for okay. the evolution of local government, the length okay. and breadth of Ireland. Okay. And I think the direct director, Mayor Joe, will bring, will put us right. front and centre, right. both okay. locally, nationally, okay. and internationally. If I was before one of your committees, you wouldn't allow me to talk about that much over time. But anyway, uh, Minister of <laughs> thank State, Ciarán O'Donnell, thank you very much for coming in. Text Limerick today now on 086 123 95 95.